Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have a young reporter, a correspondent from campusreform.org. We do it every Thursday. Today, it's Alexa Schwarha. So good last time, Alexa, that we had you back. Good to see you. How are you? Doing pretty well. It's great to be back, Joe. I'm excited. Now, I don't know if you graduated last time I spoke with you, but you have graduated now from Kent State University in Ohio. What was your major? Yes, I graduated in December. I was a communication studies major. Bam. So you're doing what you wanted to do the entire time, right? Absolutely. Um, and I'm really glad I'm doing it, too. I feel like I got a lot out of my college experience because I was able to use my degree and transfer to get a job because of it. Yeah, and you have a job now with Campus Reform. Go to campusreform.org every day. See these great stories these young reporters are doing. You, you, gotta, you really got to just love going out there, the man on the street stuff. Uh, tell me what it's like when you've got a topic in mind. Do you have an expectation going in? Do you know you're generally speaking going to get some liberal answers and then you sort of enlighten them with the truth? Well, that's the fun part about going out and doing those man on the street interviews is you never know who you're going to run into and you never know how the conversation is going to go. So when we go out, I have my topic in mind. I have a few questions that I want to ask, but at the end of the day, I'm just trying to ignite a conversation on campus, especially about hard topics such as gender ideology and abortion has been a really big topic on campus lately. So when we're out there and we're talking to students, you know, we're asking them questions that help them think through maybe their left-wing arguments. And at the end of the day, we actually have a lot of really good conversations. And we've had a few instances where left-wing students actually come more middle of the road. Which is cool because I think that people are still young enough that you're interviewing that they can still hear the other side. Like I'm like before we started today, you said, man, Pags, you're old and you're right. I'm older, so I'm more set in my ways. If you get me in the street, I might be willing to argue with you more and not give in. Whereas I think students are just fed a bunch of indoctrinated garbage. And if they're told the other side, now they can really balance it out. You finding that? Oh, we absolutely are. For instance, I was in Georgetown just a few weeks ago and I was talking with a student about the recent Roe v. Wade decision and we were talking about whether or not abortion is a constitutional right. Um, I happen to have a constitution right there in my pocket and we sat down on this park bench and he read the entire constitution and I sat there with him while he did it and by the end we had a pretty good conversation about the constitution, about how it impacts abortion and he actually ended up admitting that maybe the court had made the right decision in overturning Roe v. Wade. You happen to have a constitution on you? 
Oh, it's actually right over there off camera. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you because you're right. It's not in there. And the argument really isn't, is abortion good or bad? I mean, I believe it's bad. I think you believe it's bad. A lot of people believe it's bad. Some people think that it should be a choice. This ruling was about whether the federal government should have any say and nothing more, nothing less. This goes back to the states. California will still have abortion. Illinois probably will have it. New York is going to have it. Hawaii is going to have it. Vermont's going to have it. Florida, Georgia, I don't know. Maybe they won't have it. So why is that so confusing? Do you think that the message from the left media, from social media, um, from the left government, they've been lying on purpose so that people your age and maybe even younger going to school uh, are confused by it? Because many people walked away saying, that's it, they banned, they outlawed abortion, which didn't happen. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And the main issue on this is that students just don't know. They bought into that lie that because Roe v. Wade um, was passed by the court or they overturned Roe v. Wade, that abortion was somehow outlawed. It was banned, which simply isn't true. Instead, the states now have the right to say how they want to determine when abortion is legal, whether it's outlawed. At the end of the day, it's a state issue, and that's not what the pro-life movement has to do. We have to go state by state and fight to end abortion. You know, step one was overturning Roe v. Wade. The fight's not over. It's not even close to being over. We have to go state by state, campus by campus, and change hearts and minds so abortion is not only illegal, it's first and foremost unthinkable. It should always have been a state argument. And the fact that in 19... It's so funny because people, again, your age or younger, um, those on the left who bought the indoctrination said, you've got five men on the court who decided that this, that, or the other. Which is, it was seven men on the court in 1973 that made the wrong decision. But that was okay, I guess. And by the way, they were all white men, I believe, in, in 1973. Now you've got a black guy and a woman who decided, wait, the state should really decide this. And those on campus probably have no idea that there was a black man and a woman involved in in those who sided with the majority saying the state should decide this. Do you think people your age and younger have any concept of the 10th Amendment that basically says if it's not in this document, it goes to the states? You know, more people need to be more aware of that. And that's exactly what I was trying to show these students when I did go out and do that video in Georgetown. And it's funny you mentioned the diversity of the court because that's something else that I was talking with college students with, saying that, you know, this is the most diverse Supreme Court that we've had in our nation's history. But funnily enough, the response that I got from the students was that, oh, their opinion just doesn't matter, or (laughs) they were the wrong opinion. So sometimes it does seem like we're in a lose-lose situation, but more of the time we do have those conversations and find middle ground. It doesn't matter if it's diverse, if they don't agree with me. That's basically what they're saying. It's uh, Alexa Schwarha. Alexa, where do we send people to go follow you on social media? Do we send people or not? Yes, we do. My Twitter is at Alexa Schwerha one Okay, and it's um, S-C-H-W-E-R-H-A, then the number one? Yes. Okay, very good. Go and follow her on Twitter right now. I don't know if I follow. Do, do I follow? Do you follow me? I do follow you. You so follow I me should too. Pro- I should, oh, oh, good. Then we're good. Um, let's get into the stories. Um, this is... Trans activists demand Biden include athletics in Title IX revisions. I apologize for not remembering. Are you a swimmer? So I was a swimmer. Um, I swam at a Division II college my freshman year. Um, So I have some personal experience with this issue. So we have... Title IX, which, you know, notoriously uh, prohibits discrimination based on sex, is most likely going to be now sex and gender identity. That is the proposal by the Biden administration. Now, they say they're going to make a separate ruling for athletics, but it's very, very um, clear that people understand that we need to be sure that this does not impact our female athletes because by preventing discrimination based on sex and gender identity, like the administration wants to do, 
female athletes are going to be directly impacted. We saw this happen just last March with transgender swimmer Leah Thomas. He won a national championship at the NCAA Women's Swimming Championships, knocking Emma Wyant and Riley Gaines right off the podium. Yeah. Women athletes are the ones that are going to be bearing the brunt of this radical gender ideology. And what's interesting is I'm old enough that I was around when Title IX came about. It was in the early 70s. And I remember asking my gym teacher, what does this mean? And she said, this gives um, the same opportunity to girls that boys have. So why would you ever include people who are male? Leah Thomas is a man. Um, why would you give him an opportunity that you're trying to open for? The literal sense of why Title IX came around was to make sure that Alexa and Joe had the same opportunities in school when it came to athletics. I mean, if you let guys get the opportunities we just opened for girls, it, it does nothing. It, the whole the whole point is moot, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is mute. And the issue of this is really just unfairness. You know, it's a very clear biological difference between men and women. It's not rocket science, I like to say. It's simple, basic biology. Yeah. Men have an athletic advantage over women. It has nothing to do with how hard they work. It's embedded in their chromosomes and their DNA. Men typically are taller. They're going to have a larger frame, larger heart, larger lung capacity, greater fast twitch muscles. So it's very unfair to make biological women have to make up for this difference that they have no control over. By forcing men to compete in women's divisions and more so forcing the women to compete against the men, where no one's being progressive or they're not being inclusive here, it's the direct opposite. These Title IX changes are going to be extremely regressive, walking back 50 years of women's history, and it's clear as day misogynist. And you, and you said it right in that this guy, Leah Thomas, who's a man, took away a position that was intended for a, for a woman. And it doesn't make any sense. Now, I, I played baseball in high school. I go to the gym all the time. I'm not that comfortable with men walking around naked. Well, I mean, I'm not a prude. I understand you're going to take a shower and you might be naked for two seconds. But if I were a woman on the swim team, and maybe you can talk about this, and a six-foot-one, he's, he's the same height as I am. Um, I'm much bigger. I'm a, I weigh a lot more, but, but he's a, a big guy. And he's walking around with nothing having changed physically, taking showers with the girls. How would you feel about that? Oh, I feel extremely uncomfortable. And that's exactly how these girls feel. In Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? A female athlete went on anonymously and spoke about the uncomfortableness that was felt in the locker room when Thomas was walking around. So this issue goes beyond just allowing male athletes to compete against women. We're talking about allowing men to invade women's private spaces. But this isn't going to stop Justin a locker room or in a swim meet or on a track, yeah. this is going to impact students as they go back to campus. Just recently, there was a lawsuit that was tossed from College of the Ozarks, who now because of a fair housing memorandum by the Biden administration, Christian colleges might have to accept transgender men and women's dorms. We're talking about allowing men into women's dorms where a lot of these freshmen are as young as 18 years old. This won't stop at a locker room or a pool. We're not talking about giving men access to women's bathrooms and women's bedrooms and women's locker rooms. It's absolute insanity. Right. And we're, we know that in either a middle school or a high school in Virginia, there was a guy who said he was a, a trans student, wasn't, ended up raping a girl and was convicted of it. And that was the whole school board thing where suddenly the, the school board uh, parents are a bunch of right-wing radicals, and one guy was arrested. He was the father of the girl that got raped. So it doesn't make any sense. We have to protect girls, have to protect women, and for some reason in our society, we're trying our best not to. It's Alexa Schwerha. Go to Alexa Schwerha 1 over on uh, Twitter. Um, the next one is Democratic students are more likely to avoid rooming with Republicans. A study by, i got to be honest with you. I'm a conservative guy. If you're a Democrat or a liberal, I don't need you in my room anyway, but this is kind of dumb. This is another... The, the party of inclusion and tolerance isn't. 
Absolutely. And this goes beyond just students not wanting to room with someone from across the political aisle. It comes down to tolerance. So we had a study from NBC and Generation Lab that showed that 62% of college sophomore Democrats don't want to room across the aisle with someone who voted for the opposite political party. But on the other hand, only 28% of Republicans responded in the same way. So we're seeing this gross, massive intolerance come from college Democrats in a way that's not exactly shown on the reverse side. And it's simply because Republicans stand for freedom of speech and expression, while Democrats advocate for censorship and shutting down conversations. That's not what these college students should be doing. They should be wanting to go and learn more, especially from people who might think a little different than they do. They're such liars. They just they, they lie. Oh, inclusion, diversity, acceptance, tolerance. They lie. They say all that stuff when they're not. And, and I'm glad that you guys are exposing it. Students face mask mandates. This who who the hell is even the CDC says you don't have to wear a mask unless you're like currently infected. And by the way, the the molecules of COVID-19 are small enough to go through any mask mesh. So what school is saying you've got to wear a mask? Well, unfortunately, here at the Leadership Institute's campus reform, we have identified quite a handful of schools where students will be returning this fall with that mask in their backpack because they're going to be forced to wear them in the college classrooms. So we have University of California, Los Angeles, University of California, Irvine, Ohio University, George Washington University, all reinstating their mask mandate for the fall semester. But this just goes to show how out of touch colleges and universities are with the American public because mask mandates have been lifted in pretty much every avenue of life. You can go and fly cross country on a plane mask free. You can go visit shops and restaurants mask free. But these college students are going to be forced to wear the mask for maybe an hour, hour and a half in the classroom. This is going to do nothing to protect students. It's only adding on to that power hungriness that we witnessed college administrators have throughout the entire pandemic. Am, am I confused? These are supposed to be institutions of higher learning, right? If they're institutions of higher learning, shouldn't they know that masks don't work, that they're just a placebo, that it's just about, I don't know, keeping people from talking to each other? They, they have to know that they're wrong, don't they? Well, they absolutely should. And it's ironic because this is the party that was supposed to be all intent on following the science. But the science simply isn't there anymore. For some reason, what we're seeing are colleges and universities do not want to move past the pandemic state. They do not want to advance beyond the past two years we spent with these restrictive policies. University of California, Los Angeles said that they're reinstating the mask mandate because of rising cases, but Los Angeles County isn't reinstating the city mask mandate because they say cases are actually declining. This isn't the only time that we've seen colleges and universities do the exact opposite of what the so-called experts are recommending. Um, We have reported on the draconian policies on college campuses since the start. At Princeton University, students were barred from even leaving the county, while at Yale, students couldn't go and frequent local businesses or restaurants because they had a campus-wide quarantine they had to abide by. What we're seeing is a lack of following the science and more of a power-hungry grab to enforce their policies on students. Between you and me, don't tell anybody. Between you and me, the science never said a mask was going to be effective. But, but actually, I, just me saying it, I mean, there's even one study recently that says even the, the really heavy-duty masks that are being worn at medical facilities, that doesn't stop it either because the molecules are tiny. It's Alexa Schwarha. Go and follow her at Alexa Schwarha over at one, the number one at the end, over on Twitter. One last story, sorority stand up for female spaces during rush. Is this finally a good story that somebody's looking out for the ladies? 
So it should be a good story, Joe, but unfortunately, we have to have this conversation in the first place. We have a biological man who was rushing for University of Alabama rushed women's only sororities and was cut by every sorority. So while this should be a positive story, we finally have women's spaces that are being reserved for women. This shouldn't be a conversation that we're having at all. You know, it's not rocket science to say that women's spaces should only be frequented by women. We now have to celebrate when a biological man is kicked out of the space. I saw this guy. <laughs> he didn't even change his name. His name was like Eric or something. It's something. It's a boy's name. Um, and, and it appeared to me he was wearing these skirts and dresses to show off the fact that he works out his legs. I'm not really sure what else the game was. When you see something like that, because, again, I'm jaded. I'm older. I've been through life a lot. I've got five kids, whatever. Um, my perspective is different than yours. When you look at something like this, do you, do you pause for a second and think, this guy's doing it for the hits. This guy's doing it for the views. This guy's doing it for the virality. That's what you would hope. But unfortunately, we've seen this left-wing radical gender ideology just seep into college students, and they're actually believing that they can be the opposite gender. This goes against every bit of science we have all learned since elementary school. There are only two genders, male and female. And this student, who's a biological male, doesn't even identify as a woman. He identifies as non-binary. So he's trying to rush for a women's only sorority while not even identifying as a woman. And that is a problem that we need to be talking about because the term woman cannot just be this catch-all term for every single new identity that the radical left comes up with. Being a woman is unique and it is special, and it is so unfair to women, and it is insulting, and it's demoralizing to try to loop in the term and our identity with some radical left-wing nonsense. You couldn't be more correct. You know, again, in our society today, if I said I'm a woman right now, the left would think you couldn't tell me I'm not. It's just dumb, isn't it? It is extremely dumb, but we have to return to the basics of biology. Like I said, we all learned the differences between men and women in elementary school. It's very, very simple. Men and women are different. And by using the term women as this catch-all term, women are the ones that are being hurt. And this goes beyond just simply allowing men into women's spaces. We are now putting women's integrity, women's safety, and security at stake. Men can rush sororities all they want, but if they actually get accepted, we're now talking about men having access to private women's spaces. These men are going to be allowed in the houses, in women's bedrooms, in women's bathrooms, like we were talking about earlier, the locker rooms. There are serious safety concerns that need to be talked about here before it's too late. Couldn't agree more. Alexa, S-C-H-W-E-R-H-A, the number one over on Twitter. Alexa Shroha, I appreciate you coming on from uh, Leadership Institute's Campus Reform. Keep up the great work. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. All right, we're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Bag Show. I love highlighting these young reporters because they really are getting it done. They're the future of journalism, and hopefully they'll keep on doing it the way that they are. I've seen one, maybe two, that have gone on to do something that, that was odd to me. But the ones that we've had on lately, past six, eight months, have been amazing. And we love having them on. Let's do some pop culture. Boop. Dirty pop. Hi, Polo. Close it out. What's happening? So remember earlier in the week we were talking about, um, oh, we talked about Dennis Rodman uh, going to Russia to try and... Yes, is that really happening? 
Yeah, so apparently he has changed his mind. And he's not going to go after all. And I guess the U.S. government had already told him that uh, they weren't going to be supporting his plans to go over there. And also that he could potentially be getting in the way of these negotiations that they may be having with Russia to get her out. Yeah, and if he goes, he might also get locked up. They don't care who he is. They'll throw him in jail, too. Yeah. All right, brother. Good stuff. Appreciate you, Polo. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate that. Thank you for hanging out for the marathon of You Did. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Thank <laughs> you.